Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those that sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And I am back with old friend Mark Lampson, and I am in love with our topic for this week. It's all about attention convention. There's good tension and bad tension. But before we get into that, I see something I've never seen before in front of you. It's cold, it's frosty, it's refreshing, and it's from Utah? U- Utah. Like the, I, is, is it allowed? I know uh, percentage uh, of consumption yeah. uh, in alcohol uh, of alcohol is probably lower in Utah is than it? most. Yeah, I but uh, the Moab Brewery, yeah, uh, on in Moab, Utah, yep, uh, makes a very famous Scotch ale. Very famous. Mm-hmm. Yep, Desert Select Ale. Okay. Uh, do we have a description? We have an ABV there. Let's see. Uh, our Scotch ale or Wee Heavy. We include in this series to pay tribute to hardy Scots who have enjoyed rich, full ales for centuries. Okay. We'll crack that thing and let's get into it. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a seriously big bottle, yeah, by the way. <laughs> you know what I just saw? The alcohol? Yeah, just read that. Can you read that? Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> if Tom were here, he would not complete the co- podcast. That is uh, 8.59. That's what. That's uh, the heavyweight champ right there. We should have had a that. bigger lunch. Look at the color, though. Uh-huh. Seriously, Amber. Like, beyond Amber. What would you call that color? Do I have That's... to wait for you to get yours or come? No, no, please. Well, dig in. Let's get a little bit of a head on that. So I'm going to let okay. it go for yeah, a second. I, I also have taken a trip to uh, Park City Brewery, an American Pale Ale. It's from the Peak Series. This is uh, 5.6. So what you're saying is the chances of us successfully completing the podcast are limited at best. Let's. Uh... Oh, that sounds good. Nice. And let's just get into that. And uh, based on these ABVs, yeah. maybe not everybody drinks in Utah, but but boy, when they do, they make they make uh, good use of it. Cheers. When they do, they unload. Mm. That's really good. Yeah, mine's really good too. That actually. is really good. And look at the bubbles. Oh, that is nice. So, if you're with either of these breweries, and um, you know you want to sponsor us, we're we're all ears. There you um, go. So let's talk about tension. T- tension convention. There's two kinds of tension. Call it a double-edged sword no, if no, you want. No, wait a second, Scott. There's See, more than two? What? What did I do? In all transparency to our audience, I was worried about our introduction. Yeah. And you ignored. You said, nope, let's just get started. We don't have time. What? We don't. And we were supposed to say that thing, gee, Mark, I wonder why we have two beers from Utah. I thought we were going to do that at the end. On the show. <laughs> In my defense, I wasn't listening. All right, let's go back. Rewind. Hey, Mark. Is it a coincidence that we have two beers from the same state of Utah? No, it's not. It's not? No. Wow. Okay, please. Imbibe. I mean, inscribe. I mean, tell me. You know, you've totally messed it up. <laughs> uh, we have a good client. Uh, this is, this, uh, this is in all fairness, uh, in... Uh, in uh, in honor, is that what we do? We do this. We sure. do this. This uh, this yeah. podcast is uh, dedicated to a good client of ours, a software firm uh, in Utah, Salt Lake City, also in Austin, um, who uh, was we were training, and they said, "Loved your podcast, and uh, we want to take you to put some Utah beers on the podcast." So, for those of you who know you are in Utah, and to Michael for taking me to the state store, thank you. For these beers. And uh, as a uh, way to thank you, we're going to talk about something that we've talked about at your firm, which, which is... Which is, I think, the first time that's happened, where we've actually had a client give us the topic and say, we could really use more information on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, podcasts are permanent, so they can forward this around and people can learn from it, and that's awesome. Um, and the topic is tension. 
the double-edged sword of of tension because you know we talk about tension. In fact, there's a, a, a new blog out on our site. It's uh, it's part four of a five-part series on prospecting, but it talks about removing the tension. There's tension around a problem, which if a customer has tension around a problem as a sales rep, that's delicious, right? But a tension in a relationship, we've talked about that before on the podcast. That's that's bad, right? That's on the good bad scale toward the really bad side, right? So we want to we want to talk about both sides of that. Tension around the problem, tension around the relationship. So let's get started. Where you know, give us a little uh, give us a little taste. Well, the word I'll the, the phrase I'll use to sort of make this uh, specific. So tensions are where we've heard uh, you've heard the word positive tension, and specifically, uh, I'm going to start this with positive friction. So, like that. Yep. Uh, in honor of our, our good client, uh, they uh, sort of focus on positive tix- positive friction to help the the deal move along, very focused on sales cycles and, and the closure time and moving in motion through the process, which I think is important. And uh, to help them and to help all of you as sellers uh, to clarify friction, and uh, I guess positive friction is when there's tension around the problem. Yeah. But, but negative friction or bad tension is when there's tension around the relationship. And so, and, uh, so let's talk about the good piece. Yeah, for Tension sure. around the problem, right? When we say problem, what problem? We're referring to the, the, the problem the customer has, the need they have to address. They have a gap. They have an issue uh, that they have to solve. And the reality of it is no one likes problems or wants problems. Yeah. They take time, money, effort to solve, and that creates tension. Yeah. Right? I know I have things broken in my house. I mean, I know I have things that I have to do it work and they're just things that like ah, i wish there weren't any problems because yeah. if there weren't it would be easy but is it similar to we've talked about compelling events on the show before but but a, a sales manager that's got a problem with sales execution whatever that is could be a could be a, a you know a friction uh, a positive friction area mm-hmm. for us as uh, as we engage with them is that is that kind of an equivalent yeah or? i think you know a com- compelling event is more about just the 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 level that the the urgency that the problem has and the yep. impact you know there's there's different levels of fire there's the there's the, there's there's flames shooting out of you know the wall <laughs> yep then we're going to get out that's a problem that is a problem uh, yeah. you know you have smoke detectors because the smoke detector tells you maybe you don't have fire but you have smoke so yep. you know if you have a smoke detector you might not run out of the house you might go into where the smoke detector is in peak and maybe it's just smoke and maybe you can still put it out and then ultimately you know you might have bad wiring yeah you might have bad wiring which doesn't give you any sound it's like ah, i should really fix that wiring and so these are all just different levels and when we don't address the problem sometimes it leads to fire which is the compelling event so yeah gotcha so there's a tension it's the truth we can't change the tension our our role as reps really is to in fact zero in on what that problem is and, and see if we can help the customer solve it. Um, and, and one of the ways that maybe we haven't talked a lot about on our podcast uh, is a tool that we use called Gap Questions. Right. GAP stands for Get at the Problem. And yep. Gap Questions are really questions that a salesperson thinks about, prepares ahead of time. They're not this you know clarifying question or sort of just sort of what comes up in conversation, but they're they're focused on helping the customer think through the problem on their own. They create tension is what they really do. Yeah. Um, and the reason we want to ask a gap question is if I tell you have a problem, yeah. right, let's let's take our, I don't know why I came up with a wiring example. Yeah. I just did some wiring not too long ago. But if I said, you know, 
hey, how's your wiring? You're like, oh, it's fine, it's good. That doesn't really get at the problem. Right. But or, or but if I ask a gap question, and gap questions, uh, they get customers to think. They make it difficult sometimes for the customer to give the answer. Sometimes the answer is I don't know, or it's a, it's difficult to give you the answer. And and then people never disagree with their own data. So true. so when I say when I say you know have you up when's the last time you updated your wiring since your house was built in the fifties? And as someone says that, my answer in my head is, well, I really haven't, but I probably should, and I have a bad answer, and so I start grumbling and groveling, yeah. right? It's kind of like, uh, Lee, do you have a test tomorrow? Yes. Uh, how much have you studied for the test since it's 9 o'clock at night? Ah, I'm, I'm okay, I'll be fine. It's not me. Yeah. You're, you're wrestling with the fact that you have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, That. I mean, I think that's that's... That's tremendous, and I agree with you. People, people, if they say it, are much more likely to take action than if you tell them. It's it's uh, it's laced throughout all of our programs that that's uh, that's that's the better way to approach it. Yeah, think about gap questions as a way to ask a customer a question that they probably don't have the answer to. Yeah. So you know, uh, if you're selling, in this case, if you're selling software, say, you know, what's your strategy for reducing some of the network, you know, traffic that you have, or what's your you know, uh, what are you doing to reduce sort of the application issues that you're sort of having on your, you know, application performance issues that you're having on your network? Yeah. The answer to those things is nothing. That's If you ask the customer that question, they're going to say nothing a lot of times. But they don't want to say nothing, and now it creates this tension. And and this is a little bit what Challenger talks about. Mm. You've heard the Challenger sale? Yeah, for sure. Um, careful, because your motive has to be pure. Yeah. So if your motive is, I'm trying to trip you up and make you feel bad. Yeah. They're going to lash out. But if you're asking curiously and, and you want to see where we are to then figure out if and how we can solve it, then it just, it's just about motive. It's well, and remember motive. our role as salespeople is to help them solve the problem in the best way that you know we can for them. And by getting them to start to think about that, first of all, that what you said is they stop and think. Secondly, is they kind of come to a conclusion that, yeah, I got a problem here that you know my wiring is, is, is very is ancient, right? So I've got to start to think about that. So they start... Figuring out how am I going to solve that, and maybe you, maybe, maybe not, but maybe you as a sales rep are the solution or a part of it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Very good. Anything else on good? I mean, um, any any other uh, uh, pearls of wisdom stories or anything there? Well, I mean, I think just to sort of set up that um, the the problem is bad tension around the relationship. Yep. I'll talk about another. I'll talk about another client that we have. Uh, that I've created some tension around uh, a problem related to us. They've been working with us to, to do training, and they're now figuring out whether they should certify trainers internally to teach the program. And how many do I certify? Where should they be? And how do I keep them certified? And that's hairy and heavy, and they're not sure how to do that. And so they're feeling tension around that. Uh, I can't really relieve the tension on the problem because they do have to make a decision. Right. I can help them. I can give them the pros and cons. But someone's got to say 5, 10, 20, 50. However, what I tried to remove tension around was kind of the pressure to make a decision, which is really the relationship. And I said, you know, I know there's a lot of steps to this. You don't have to decide all those right now. You want to get started. You have some goals by the end of Q1 to have certain things done. We can get started yeah. now. And you can decide those things later. And we don't need to, to get all that stuff ironed out. And they, they literally said, oh, that's great. Thanks. Like, I, I thought we had to have this whole thing figured out and committed to before we started. No, not at all. So there's still tension about yeah. the big decision, but they're going to take baby steps. And just 
that just makes well, it easier. Any big problem, if you look at the whole problem in one big bite, is is very hard to solve, right? But what's the what's the adage? Eat the elephant one, one bite at a time. One, the, one bite at a time. Yeah, uh, and and but when you release that tension by saying there's ways to do this over the longer haul, you've kind of lessened that, right? Uh, so perfect. All right, great. So. We've kind of we've kind of talked about this this sort of good tension that exists, but we also know, and we've talked about many times on on the show. We've talked about it in blogs. This tension that can exist between a buyer and a seller is real, and it's very very damaging, isn't it? It's tension around relationships. Yeah, uh, it's no more evident than sort of large family gatherings <laughs> when Uncle Philip. As an example, well, I, is there? I am an Uncle Philip. Peace, God, Cassidy. Purpose. Um, oh God, he's so exhausting. You know, he doesn't like me. I don't like him. Like, we don't even get in there yet, and we're just there's tension around the relationship, and it just makes the whole thing unfun. Unfun. But uh, in the sales world, there's a relationship between the the, the customer and the sales rep. And uh, I'm sorry, salespeople, but uh, if you have sales or business development or account manager or any uh, other 500 versions of the word salesperson on your business card, there's tension when you talk to a customer because uh, of all your friends who are salespeople who are just bad salespeople. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's an automatic resistance in being sold to. Yeah. And there's nothing, we, if, if you want to just find people who just want your stuff, that's great. But if you actually want to make money, as a salesperson, you're going to need to find people who don't want your stuff or don't think they want your stuff or don't know you, don't want to talk to you. Don't know if they need your stuff. Yeah. Don't know if they need your stuff, that, you know, even if it's with an existing account. People love to buy. They hate to be sold. And you're a salesperson, and therefore, there's an instant tension or, uh, in, in, in my client's terms, that would be, instead of positive friction, that would be negative, negative. Okay. friction. Got it. Yep. Yep. Well, good. So, so you know... Is this similar to what we call, you know, the, the tug of war principle? Is this, I mean, is this where you're going? This is all about relieving that, right? It's exactly, yeah. I mean, the tug of war. If I throw you a rope, yep, and you don't really know why I'm giving it to you, yeah. but you hold it, yeah, I start to pull, and it pulls you towards me. Yeah. Your a person's natural response is to, yeah, pull back, pull back. I mean, since first grade or kindergarten, when do you start doing tug of wars in the in the uh, yeah. in the back lot, right? I mean. And so, and so that's what happens. As yeah. soon as a customer, here's a salesperson, and as soon as you start saying, I think we're a good solution, and I think we should move forward, and I want to accelerate this sales deal, like when we start to push, and they start to feel pressure, not around the problem, but around making a decision around the sale, around the relationship, you're going to get resistance, and yeah. you're going to be in a tug of war. Yeah. You're never going to win a tug of war with a customer. I mean, you can pull hard and pull them over, but you're still going to lose the tug of war. Right. So you've heard this concept before on other podcasts, but it's got multiple uh, applications. The only way to get out of a tug of war is to drop the rope. Drop the rope. Yep. Yep. Let it go. And drop the rope is a is a is a, obviously a metaphor for starting first with the mindset. It's a mindset that comes from the customer has options. I know as a salesperson, I'm brainwashed into thinking like. Oh my! Oh my God! They they have to buy what I'm selling. They they need this. They do, you know. And we lose. We all lose a lot of deals to competitors and to doing nothing, to no decisions. And so they have a lot of options. So it's your your mindset has to be. They have options. You have to understand that there's good parts of all those options, and any and all options are possibly viable. And to 
to accept that's the case. And therefore, you can say things like, I'm not really sure if we can help because yeah. we haven't talked yet. Or we not may, may not may, we may not be the right fit. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, only you, you know, I'm just offering these options. Only you can decide if this is worth, you know, what it costs. Like, I can't make that decision for you. You're relieving the pressure, giving them the freedom to choose by just the words you choose in terms of, of, of how you present, right? Yeah. And that is, that is, that is amazing. Here's, um, a, uh, here's a, a principle to think about. If you are, if you allow them to leave, they are more likely to stay. Interesting. So if you let them know, if, if you don't want to work with me, if you don't want to, you yeah. don't have to. Now, what I want to say here is drop the rope. Let's talk about what drop the rope is. Not. Drop the rope is a mindset that yeah. respects people's freedom to choose. Yeah. You're, it's your choice and you have options and there's pros and cons of all those options. And respecting that and communicating that and believing that in your heart is, is the best way to relieve tension around the relationship. What, what drop the rope is not is just quitting. Yeah. I don't really care what you do. Hey, just let me know. Yeah. Hey, just let me know. Hey, I'm here. If you need anything, just let me know. Call me back. You know, here's a proposal. Give me, give me, give me a call. No, it, Not it's that. it's working hard to help them and sell them, but it's 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 removing that that pressure. You know, there's um, there's a young lady in my house, not that young, same age as me, that that once said, um, "Would you rather be happy or would you rather be right?" And I hadn't thought of the drop the rope scenario in, in that context, but I would much rather be happy. Um, and, and being right sometimes, like you said, you can pull the rope with a customer and That's you right. could be right. But the end game is you don't like the result because they select someone else or do it themselves and they certainly don't want to do business with you. So you can be happy or you can be right, but you probably can't be both in I, all these scenarios. So. I think that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we talk about, uh, we talk about in some of our customer service programs that customers are not always right. I mean, they're just customers that are not always right. They just they're just plain wrong. But customers always have the right to be heard and listened to, and so absolutely. So I don't know what to do about it's, that. It's not about the right and wrong. It's about the freedom to choose. You don't have to take my twenty three years of experience, and I'm I'm not saying you say it this way, but that's what you're thinking. I got twenty three years of experience in selling this. You make this decision once or twice a month. You probably should listen to me. But if you say that, you're not giving them freedom to choose. If you say it differently, like I have no idea if I can help you, but I have helped other clients like you, and here's what we did. Now you've changed the entire position of this, right? There's no pressure. But teenagers are rarely right. I mean, when you say, let's let's take I, customers and stick them away. I mean, let's be honest. They yeah, don't but know. I don't have that same happy or right scenario with them. I don't no? care how they really feel about <laughs> it at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I do want my wife to be very happy, so... So, all right, so good. So, um, so we talked about mindset, um, and I and I do love that you made that clarification. Where for the leaders that are listening here, that whose skin crawled when we said drop the rope and thought we're running away, that is not what we're talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, let me put a final thought on drop the rope. It's not it's not a sales technique. It's not going to help you sell more. Right. It's going to remove the tension. So then the customer becomes more receptive. I know we've heard that word before on podcasts. Many right? times. People are unreceptive to a salesperson, to a sales situation, to make a decision. You know, uh, back to the client we're talking to. They, they have motions. They move people through the sales process very quickly. And when we're being pushed a little too hard, the harder we push, the slower they go. Yeah. And so 
sometimes you need to say, look, you don't need to do this. You don't have to do this. There's lots of options. I respect those. We're still, we're still, it just makes them more receptive in listening to them. Uh, I mean, I'll give you a, a personal story that's, that's kind of real recently. I, I know I share some stories in my home. I'm a, I'm a home improvement guy, so I'm yeah. always kind of getting my hands dirty. But uh, long story short, we have a, we have an unfinished basement that uh, kind of has, gets water in it. And so we have a sump pump and it runs on electricity and I don't know, a few a few months ago, we lost power. It was two o'clock in the morning. It was a storm. It was two o'clock in the morning. We have a little portable generator. We owe it out. We plug it into the to the little box, and it powers our house and the sump pump. And everything runs at two o'clock in the morning. I wasn't really thinking through all that. You should have jumped right out of bed. I should go plugged it in. But no one needs lights or heat yeah. or that stuff for a few hours. Right. And so I said, I'll go to bed. And I got up in the morning, and I got up at five, six o'clock in the morning. Plugged it in. Everything was good. Got our power back the next day. All was good. A couple weeks later, I go down. And guess what? Six inches of water in the basement. Oh, my God. I forgot. The sump pump was running. It was flooded. It was bad. And, and we got water in the basement because the sump pump didn't run for five hours. And we got some water in the basement. It sits there and it's moldy. So Not good. So that's a problem. Yeah. And there's instantly tension around that problem. Without question. Right? I need to solve that problem. I need to install some kind of battery backup system for my sump pump. So my wife who's not the salesperson, but she's probably the influencer, I guess, so to speak. So to speak. Uh, saying we should get somebody to come out here and, and look at that. I'm like, yeah, we should. And we talk about it. And uh, there was tension around the problem, but there also became tension around the relationship, which is what we were saying. Does she listen to this show? Right no, now, but she should. Okay. Episode 40, what are we on? Something? 42, uh, 34? 34, okay, I'll send it to her. Not sure. And uh, so there was tension. Oh, there was a lot of tension. And uh, she kept pushing. We need to do that. It's going to flood again. I know, I know, but I got other things to do. I'm busy. It probably won't happen again. We're just arguing. And we're just skipping the whole problem, the fact that, yeah, we have water in the basement and it's going to flood again when power goes out. Finally, to her credit, she didn't listen to the podcast, but she did say, look, she says, if you're not ready to do the basement, I, I totally get that. Like, we can sort of push it off a little bit. And that was a good example of dropping the, the rope. rope. Yeah. Like, no, it's not that I don't want to do it. It's just that there's a lot of stuff I have to do. And then there's another thing that she did because I was receptive that we've talked about before. She took the trip. So yes. why? What's, yes. your what's your hesitation? And now I give her a real answer versus like, ah, I don't just want to do it. I say, because there's a pile of stuff down there. I got to move it all away. I have to move it away from the pipes. They're going to have to dig here. And I also know they're going to want electric and I don't have electric. I have to wire some things and just there's a lot of things I don't want to do. Yeah. And I'm and, overwhelmed by the problem. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and so she's like, well, great. Now that I know that, how about I go down there and I clean everything out and move it all away and, you know, you can just do the wires and I'll take care of everything else. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's a good point. But see, we spent, we spent weeks literally arguing about this because there was tension in the relationship and tension on the problem. The problem never got addressed. It was focused on the relationship and we argued about the basement. Once we removed the tension... We solved, we solved all the issues that were bothering me. We had a guy out and it's fixed and done and yeah, we're set. So, so the lesson is that you know the tension in the relationship will definitely supersede any tension that's created in the problem. And as a sales rep, that is death. Yep. That is, that is going to cost you. Um, you know, there's a positive side to that. I can remember, and I may have brought this story up before, but a, a vendor that was trying to get a hold of me that immediately both created some positive tension and relieved any negative tension with one simple phone call. They literally said, you're probably worried about your, you know, your ranking and certain, you know, some marketing, whatever. And I, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm absolutely worried about that. I think about that all the time. So they knew my whiteboard, right? 
They created this little issue. And then they said, but I'm not asking you to do anything except give me three names of your top competitors and I'm going to serve up a report within a week that will help you see where you are and help you make some decisions. To which I said, well, that doesn't sound so difficult. And I got that report and it was super helpful. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm laughing at your stories. I apologize. My stories are funny. What am I, a clown to you? <laughs> I was thinking about our ranking, our marketing ranking. It's, it's really low. Mm-hmm. So I'd fire the marketing guy. But he does good podcasts, so maybe I'd keep him. Anyway. He messes up introductions. J- just forget certain things. Which is he's really forgetful. The only thing he does. He, he, Why are we talking about him like he, he's not here? <laughs> he sets it up. He says, and over, uh, way too loud. Welcome back to another episode with Ales with Asl. Says it too. <laughs> we better cut this off. No, it's good. All right. So, so no, big picture, right? Uh, back to our client. Positive friction. Yep, there's a place for positive friction, place for tension. And tension and zeroing in on tension and respecting that's the truth. And, and that and that nobody likes tension around the problem, but that's okay. Hmm. Relationship tension is bad. We drop the rope, drive receptivity, drop the rope, take the trip. But just, you, you can't make someone make a decision. So true. You can help them make a decision. Yep. It may or may not include you, and and your your willingness to respect and communicate that is is goes a long ways to removing that tension. The only thing I'll say about that is it's it's not a tactic. We gave you a couple words to say, but if you say I'm not sure if we're a fit, and you don't mean it, it it's it's going to be awful. It's going to fall on the floor. It has man. to be a it has to be in your heart. It has to be a mindset thing. People have options, and just respect that and do your best to help them. Yeah, we're not saying name your competitors. We're saying just be honest. You're not a solution for everybody. And when you're that kind of vulnerable and honest, people, you know, feel less pressure. Yeah, so. yeah. I hope you work with us. I want to work with you. But, yeah. but you know, I, I can't make the decision for you. Yeah, great. What a great topic. Um, thanks to our friends in Utah for the, the lovely beverages. Fantastic and a great topic. I think a lot of people will get great value out of it. Please like us, share us. Uh, you know, get this podcast viral for us because we think it can help a lot of people and there's nothing else in it for us except spreading the truth to the market and helping you guys and, enjoy your job as a salesperson and beer. better. And, and beer. beer. And we do get to drink beer. So um, uh, enjoy the beer, enjoy the content, and like us, share us, and drop some comments down below. See you next week on another episode with Ales with Aslan.